0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of It's Everything With Me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the Sunday um, segment of the Michelle Miao Show. We're here every Sunday between 12 and 1 p.m. on Progressive Voices. So welcome. It is Sunday, October the 11th. Yay! We're moving quite along. It soon will be Halloween, and I'm sure all of you are out in the stores right now buying that wonderful Halloween costume. Now, of course, we drag queens in the world of Halloween always call it amateur hour because so many people want to dress and drag for Halloween. So it's kind of always humorous or entertaining for sure when I go to out to um, Halloween parties or whatnot and kind of see what everybody is doing and In their dress up um, attire, (laughs) but it's kind of fun. So, this is going to kind of be our pre Halloween for the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, um, as we move uh, uh, closer to that. But, God, the, the year's almost coming to an end, which is kind of kind of ironic and it always makes me feel like i'm getting older by the minute you know they always say the phrase you're getting older by the minute it's kind of really true because the minutes pass so so fastly but today on the show we're going to have a wonderful guest one of my dear friends and um a wonderful uh, comedian out in the world of comedy and entertainment and award-winning comedian um Definitely. And we're going to talk about her new show that will be opening at Broadway Theater here in San Francisco in the next week or so. And I'm talking to you about Marga Gomez. She'll be joining us later on in the hour, um, and so I'm really happy to have her on the show. She's always funny, even when she's not on stage, so it should be quite an interesting um, little chat that we have. But we also had another celebrity in town here in San Francisco this past weekend um, as a part of Heclina's uh, mother show here in San Francisco, and it was Danny um, Pintaro. Remember Danny Pintaro from Who's the Boss? you know little Danny little Danny and um of course little Danny came out as, as being um gay quite some time ago back in I believe it was 1997 um came out um basically was, he says that he was somewhat forced out because he got a, a phone call or a letter or something from um the uh was the National inquiry yeah who said that they had they were going to Uh, leak the story or tell the story. Um, And so he just said, well, I might as well tell on my own terms. And so that's why he came out back in 1997. But he was recently on the Oprah uh, show, Where Are They Now?, where he was interviewed, and he revealed a big secret. That was the buildup of the show, the big secret of Danny Pentaro, And um, the secret was, he came out to say that um, for basically almost the past 20 years, that he has been living with HIV, and um, so that was the you know the revelation on the show and the program. And I'm not for sure um, whether or not that was big news because I do believe that his um, longtime partner before he just got married a couple of years or last year, but his longtime partner before that, I I do believe passed away. Um, from complications from HIV. Um, so it may have been assumed that he was, even though he's claiming that he contracted it um, from an you know a sexual experience, uh, <laughs> which I guess is how you do uh, contract it. but, um, um, but it was a sexual experience um, during a period of time when he um, which we are aware of his drug addiction or his struggles with um, drug addiction, crystal meth should be um, specific. And um, it was during that period of time when he became um, uh, uh, experimenting sexually and during one of those encounters is when he believes that he um, um, contracted the virus. And he's claiming that um, in an interview that he recently had with U.S. Weekly that he got it orally, which is something that I wanted to kind of talk about because that is one of the, I mean, that's a rare, there's very few cases Um, that are documented where the transmission um, came from oral sex. So that, the probability of that is somewhat high, even though I think uh, San Francisco AIDS Foundation, Foundation, uh, which is SFAF.org, has on their um, website some of the different risk factors, you know, that um, people should, uh, you know, pay attention to when it comes to, Uh, the risk of um, uh, getting HIV, the HIV virus from sexual contact. And, you know, they go on to say in that, that, you know, it is possible. It's a very small chance. But if you have open sores in your mouth or cuts, some people have gotten, you know, I guess dental work done. You could have, um, you know, some openness there um, that could, um, that you could get the virus through from, um, some oral sex, or also the lining of your mouth, I guess, can, can also get infected uh, through that. But the chances are very, you know, very, very small, and that's how he's saying that he actually got HIV. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, and not, you know, that some of the, because he claims that the person who believes that gave it to him that they used a condom, so... Go go figure! I I don't know, but I just, I, I was just kind of shocked to hear that rationale, and and um, now he he claims also he hasn't been able to find the person who he believes um, he got it from, um, even though he's been searching. So I guess we won't be able to to know for sure unless. That person comes out of the woodwork and says, yeah, you know, I had HIV and la, la, la um, on that. But I just thought I would share that with you. I don't know exactly if, if it was important or anything, but I just thought it was, you know, it's rare that you hear anything like that. So I thought I would put that out there. Um, so that's my Danny Pintaro celebrity news for the day. You now, there's going to be more down the line. Um, I also want to let you guys know, too, that in the next couple of weeks, I will introduce the news segment to the show, which we'll be calling BB's Book Briefing. Which would basically be um, my reviews and interviews with gay authors or authors on gay subjects, subject matter, and um, we'll kind of cover those book topics and um, the books themselves, and hopefully give you um, you know some information and interest in something that you didn't know was out there that you would enjoy reading. Because reading is something that we don't do a whole lot; we don't have a lot of time, and uh, many books nowadays are on audio, where you can just put them in your. Um, play them on your iPad while on your way to work, or um, in your car if you happen to do commuting by drive. Um, but we barely, very rarely, actually open a book. I don't know when the last time I actually opened a book, because I am a good audio person. I will definitely say that I will many of the the past five or so books I have definitely listened to as opposed to read read them. Um, so most of the books that we'll I will make sure that the books that we talk about, you will be able to access through audio as well for all of you commuters out there. Um, So I just want to take a little bit of a break. We're going to move into our commercial section for just a moment. And then when we come back, I'll have a little bit more news and then we'll talk to Marga Gomez. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm glad that you stayed with us as you listened to those very interesting messages during the break. Um, As I told you, um, I'm going to be bringing on Marga Gomez in a little bit, but I wanted to um, give you a little bit of information on some things that are happening at the GLBT History Museum here in San Francisco, Uh, one of the few um, LGBT museums in, in the country. And um, there's a great exhibit that is coming here to town on October the twenty third. It's a new exhibition um, that will have a, uh, I guess, a photo. It's a photo exhibition, and it's called "Reigning Queens: The Last, the Lost, excuse me, the Lost Photos um, of Roz Joseph." And the exhibit presents um, evocative photos of SF. Epic drag and costume balls of the mid seventies. What a period of time. The seventies were for in gay history, the seventies were were a lot of stuff going on. It was it was like the revo- the sexual revolution was happening and all that good stuff. So I can imagine what these photos are gonna look like at. But they were created by Raj Joseph, who was a long term time San Francisco resident, forty-five years to be exact. And these photos were kind of kind of reemerged after The collection was um, donated to the museum by Joseph herself. Um, Now, the photograph primarily, it says, um, uh, depicts the drag scene as it relates to the Imperial Court of San Francisco, which is a fundraising gay organization founded back in 1965 by the one and only Jose Saria, who, of course, is, if those of you who know Political history was the very first openly gay man to run for public office in the country, and um, the Imperial Court just recently celebrated its 50-year anniversary this past February. Um, so, there's a lot of these photographs are are depicting that organization through their their balls and coronations and different events that they put on. I'm sure over a period of time. Now, again, uh, the exhibit will be on display from October 23rd through February 2016. So you have a lot of time to check this out. Um, But the opening will be on that Friday, October 23rd. Um, There's a reception from 7 to 9. Again, that is at the GLBT History Museum here in San Francisco. So even if you're visiting from out of town, maybe you're going to come in a little early for a little bit of Halloween um, or you're here for the Halloween period or Thanksgiving or the Christmas, and you can check this out. For more information, you can always go to glbthistory.org. So that wraps that part up. Of course, I always got to give my shout out to the drag community, you know. But I'm going to bring on somebody who is um, definitely knows a lot of drag queens and probably has um, made a few jokes about some of us people out there. But I just love her because she's funny as, as you know, all get up and just a great person. So I'm going to welcome my dear friend Marga Gomez to the show. How are you, Marga? How beautiful, BB Oh, see, see see, what I mean, guys? She, she she, just says she didn't say anything. She just said beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love that. See how she knows how to make me feel so wonderful. How I know you're like in the middle of rehearsals and whatnot, and we're going to get to your, your show right now, so I really appreciate that you've taken out a, a few minutes of your day here to give me a, a little bit of a shout-out. I appreciate that. Well, Phoebe, we go way back. So. We, we we do. We do. Yeah. I, we go back to a time when I first interviewed you in bed. That's correct. So you can, you and I and, both yeah, can most, say that we've mostly, been in bed together.
2: Yeah, and uh, I usually never talk to anyone after I've been in bed with them, but... Uh, <laughs> We went into the friend zone after
0: that. I know. You know that's kind of funny. I feel privileged to be in in you know that limited company. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and um. So like I said, you've been working really hard, and I know you've got a few things that are on the docket right now, um, for this month of October. One of them, I'm going to start off really quickly because I know you've been really. This is one thing I know you enjoy, and that is sharing your talent from an instructional standpoint with future comedians or working comedians now who just need a little bit of um, brush up or a little bit of instructive um, criti- or constructive criticism um, on, on some of their works. Um, and that is you're doing a, 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 I don't know if you call it a teaching series. What do you call it that you do? Um,
2: it's called the, uh, the Margaret Gomez Workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, this is my third in San Francisco. I did one in Boston. And... Um, it's it's a it's a comic performance workshop. Mm-hmm. So um, in fact, it's not so much about stand up comedy. It's about people who want to do solo shows because uh, the Bay Area is actually the epicenter for one person shows and one person show audiences.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I think it's it's kind of a testament to the fact that you know we have a lot of original original people and and uh, Unconventional people, and um, and people want to tell their story because it's not the kind of stories that you know we get in the media. So yeah, it's um, you know it's a great little form. You know, it's you're doing a one-person show, and yet it can be really cinematic because through so- sound and lights you're creating a whole world and you're playing other characters. And so um, I basically. Uh, teach this class for people who are doing a, doing a solo show, and maybe they're going to the parts that are hard and challenging, painful, and I kind of show them where there can be humor in it,
3: because mm-hmm.
2: it's very hard to do a show without without a sense of humor. It's hard to get through life without a sense of humor. Right,
0: exactly. I, I,
2: I, you know, I, I, it's, it's a little bit like therapy. I mean, I ask some questions about this true story, and and then we find out where, yeah, I guess that was ridiculous and and it just makes the you know the serious parts more powerful
0: yeah now how long how long does the workshop go how How many weeks is the workshop?
2: It's four weeks, okay. and uh I usually have a group of about uh six people participating um so um you know it's really uh it takes about a year at least to do, to get a solo show done. So this is kind of a, a, a kickstart, you know, mm-hmm. about just getting people energized and excited and us that, you know, they, they, you know, they're, you're just on your own. So you don't know if that makes sense. And so they get a real, real clarity on what they're doing. You know, uh, the- so four weeks, three hours, and uh, everyone kind of gets up in front of the, room mm-hmm. for about 10 minutes then we discuss 10 to 15 minutes then we discuss it, and they come back with a, a new section or the right. section but it uh, retooled
0: now when does this kick off um, this 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 time um, it, oh, it's, the first mm-hmm.
2: the first class is October 20th
0: so and where and you do ha- do you still have some spaces available for people to sign up um, on this because I know it is an intimate group as you said so it, it is limited and um, how many people you'll take.
2: I've got about um, two, spaces, okay. two spaces left yeah. for uh, students, and uh, they can, uh, can I give the email? Yeah, that's what I exactly was going
0: to ask you. Where can they find out or, get, in, or reach you to inquire about being a part of it?
2: Uh, well, they just have to write to, uh, no spaces, Marga Gomez Workshop at com, and then I can send them the uh, information sheet, and they can send questions, um, so... All they got to do is just write to me, and then uh, we'll take it. you take you it know. from there. Yeah. That's Pretty, so easy. Yeah. Pretty straightforward, yes.
0: Yeah. Now, this is actually going to be going on, talking about solo shows and solo show workshops. This is actually going to be going on, your, your workshop, during the time when you're actually doing a solo show. You'll be doing your 11th, girl, 11th solo yeah. show when you open um, – at Brava Theater here in San Francisco on October fifteenth with Pound.
2: Yes, um, the workshop will be. I I uh, I did this uh, about a year ago when I was doing uh, my show called Lovebird, mm-hmm. and I ran a workshop and it was really good because they could, you know, they could take the class and then they could come to the show and see how you know
0: how everything you're talking yeah. about is applied, right? They could see it right yeah. there.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so um, so it's, it's, really, it's really fun because I have, you know, a really clear-cut example of what you can, you know, what you can get away with and what you can't. Um, but um, And it's at the same theater. It's in the same actual space because at Brava, there's two spaces. There's a studio space, and that's where I'll be doing Pound, and then there's the very large theater, which is about 350 seats, which, um, you know, I – they – it's very kindly offered it to me, but just to fill that many seats, then I'm spending my energy trying to fill a big theater.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: here, it's, uh, you know, I'm always going to have a nice full house. Um, and it's, it's also a show that's a pound is a is really, really funny. I, I just did the preview, the San Francisco preview in uh, Seattle mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday night. And um, I think that it's nice to have it in a smaller room uh, because it's uh, well, it's about certain <laughs> certain lady parts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but in general, I mean, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating. I mean, I know there there are those stadium comics out there, you know, who do their stand up. The, you know the you know what I'm saying the biggies who can yeah. do these stadium shows across the country and fill them up and whatnot. But in general when I've gone like when you go to a regular small comedy club or whatever it's pretty intimate and I think that I as a as an audience goer kind of like that I kind of feel like it's me and you you know, sitting on the couch and we're watching a TV show and we're just cutting up on some of the stuff that you know. I kind of feel that where I think you lose some of that when you get in those big arenas or those big theaters. It doesn't become about you know, Marga's talking to me and we're 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 cutting up or she's telling me this story and she's only telling me. It becomes something a little bit different.
2: Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, like music with stand-up comedy, it doesn't. Uh, I think it, you can get away with it because. Even for concerts, you know, you're with all the people who like this. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're like, uh, you know, half a mile away from the artist, you're with the people who love the artist. So it's a, it's a group. So I always feel like when I, when I buy those cheap, sh- uh, cheap seats, I'm <laughs> always having to do. It's like, oh, well, I'm here at a party. And then that little speck of dust, oh, that's the artist. (laughs) But we all love that artist, and we're just in the room. Well, see,
0: I am seem to be a little bit more selfish. I need to rub elbows with the artist. I can't just, I I, I can't, I I can't rub, I can't get the glitter from, you know, the guy who sold the artist the glitter. I want it from the artist himself. I can rub elbows with
2: the guy who, like, paints his face <laughs> in the, the colors of the
3: artist.
0: Right, you know, I'm a little bit more selfish than that. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I, I need to have that more intimate relationship. But we will get that with you. But Pound, at, at, uh,
2: Pound, is, yeah, Pound is not a stand-up comedy show, and I just want people to understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing character. Right. And that's the other thing. It's character.
0: a play. It's a play. Yeah,
2: it's a play. And there's, there's you know, a physical... Uh, changes when I play a character, so so it is nice to be up close for that. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure,
0: yeah. So talk about some of the things that the characters you play because you do have a variety. I mean, you know without giving, of course, giving major stuff away, but you do have a variety of people that you embody in this show.
2: Oh yes, um, it's it's weird. It's like I feel like I can almost say everything in the show because um, it's. You have to be there to see it happen. Mm-hmm. So in the show, I and I'm no I'm no great mimic, you know, but it, but it works maybe because I'm so bad at it. But I <laughs> play, uh, I play uh, Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Uh, I play, okay, okay. Uh, Before you go
0: further, all I just got to ask: Do you cross your legs? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need and to know. Okay.
2: No, no, B.B., I think you also want to know
0: am I wearing panties? Oh, well, see, I wasn't going to go there because, you know, I I wasn't going to go there because we've been to bed together. So, of course, I know all that stuff. I
2: wear boxers.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, there is that little space up, you know, in the thigh area that you can take a peek in, though.
2: Listen, I don't know. <laughs> you would never see any, uh, you know, any privates because of my my inner thighs are just. <laughs> you know, uh, the great thing about a show called Pound is that I can gain weight because it's called Pound, so it's even funnier.
0: <laughs> I, so can call
2: it pounds, put, I call
0: it pounds. Put an, pound. an s at the end of that, right? Call it Pound. That's really good. Um, so Sharon Stone is one of the characters that you embody.
2: Gerard um, Stone, and then, you know, this. This um, I talk about a lot of movies that nobody knows, and, and that's the point, that they're movies that are forgotten from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. These are the movies I saw when I was a kid, or read about when I was a kid, that made me feel, like, really frightened to be a lesbian, but I still stuck with it.
0: Um, <laughs> you still gave it a go, huh? Good old uh, yeah. try.
2: Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to be scared, uh, you know, about the, the children's hour, where one of the teachers... Hangs herself, you know, so I Ooh. do a little bit. I do a little bit of Shirley McLean, a little bit of Audrey Hepburn. Uh, and then there's a movie called Killing of Sister George from England. So, you know, it's just like a, a smattering or a line for so a bunch of different characters. But, but maybe my favorite character in this whole show is uh, I play my gay nephew, Mikey.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, and we're at a place similar to Badlands. I've seen is similar to badlands you know with
0: uh, the the pickup the, joint the the cruising yeah. club of the castro
2: we caught we say in in a panda the, the drinks are cheap and the clientele is cheaper <laughs> uh, so, so i have this i have a a, a young gay latino man kind of a, a, a you know a latino twink in this and um and i love him and it's really fun to have you know when i when I decided to, to to write somebody based on a on a nephew um into the show because it lets me have a dialogue with with young gay men mm-hmm. who sometimes re you know they kind of like to laugh about women's bodies <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, come on, let's be honest marga I think in in reality you've always wanted to be a gay twink
2: oh my gosh, well yes,
0: you so, know what i mean and, and i'm sure and I'm sure you've been mistaken for one. <laughs>
2: I am always laughing at women's
0: bodies. Exactly. I'm sure you've been mistaken for one. So well what is Mikey now has Mikey seen you portray him in the show? No. No no. But he does know you do.
2: Perhaps there is a Mikey, perhaps there's not. Uh uh. Oh. I
0: cannot say. You cannot say because there could be a pending lawsuit. That's what she's trying to allude to. (laughs) I
2: have
0: a nephew. Okay, you do have a nephew. It might be Mikey and it might not.
2: Yes, yes. Oh, my God. um,
0: I should have done my homework. I should have done my homework better.
2: Even uh, I... No, you wouldn't know that. It's nowhere. It's all in my head.
0: Oh, but I have have my ways, Margaret. You should know that by now.
2: You'd have to give me truth uh, truth serum. (laughs) Um, But, uh, or whiskey. Um, (laughs) Same thing. Even when I play myself, it's a... You know, it's a heightened version of myself. I mean, in Pound, even though there's a lot of a lot of sexual, um, you know, references and act outs, uh, I play a a woman who's been celibate for uh, years and years now. Is that is that really me? I can't say, but uh, it is a version of me. Mm-hmm. So everything's just a little bit, you know, amped up. As to what, you know, got we
0: gotta, like. And we have to also say celibacy, that, as far as the length of time, is all relevant. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure that we could meet a few people who have been celibate for two weeks, and it seems like a lifetime for them. It's uh,
2: it's uh one day at a time.
0: <laughs> it's like being an AA. It's, it's just the yeah. same thing, right? Take so it then one then day those, at a time. Then
2: those days build up. <laughs> and you realize, oh my God, three years have gone by, and my... uh Singer is really, really hot, <laughs> and people, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm irritable, you know, from all that celibacy. You know, it's like that's how I got my weed card from being celibate. You get a position after a while.
0: <laughs> you are just so, so. I, I told, I, I before you actually got on the line, I, I had told the audience that you know you're you're extremely hilarious even when you're you're not working, um, and I think that's always a true thing of a, a true com- comedic genius is that they're just always funny. It kind of just happens that way, you know?
2: Oh, baby, you gave me a joke, and I used it, and it did really good. At
0: oh, did you? Which one? Now, I've given you a couple of jokes. Which one was this one?
2: <laughs> this was the one about, uh, oh, my gosh, was that horrible woman who was the uh, clerk in Kentucky? Oh,
0: Kathy. It's funny you said that. We're going to talk about her a little bit later. Kathy Davis. About no, right. Kim, Davis, uh, Kim, Kim Davis. Davis, Kim Davis. Okay. The one about um we have the Walmart, we we have... Have... right?
2: <laughs> so, um so I was doing a joke about how you know, uh I was talking about how uh the band Survivor uh put a cease and desist
3: uh uh-huh. in the
2: song Eye of the Tiger and then you said, Oh well Wal- Walmart should put a cease and desist on her wardrobe <laughs>
0: Is. And did you, did you get a laugh?
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. lucky me. Oh my god! I'm Hold the
2: credit though. Sorry, hon.
0: You didn't give you didn't give me credit.
2: There was no time. Oh,
0: see, see. Okay, that I have to. Okay, you're gonna have another pending lawsuit here in a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, markup. There are tickets definitely available for a pound. Right? Uh oh. Are you there? Oh my gosh, what happened here? I don't know. I, I can hear you. Did you drop oh, something? Okay. Did you drop something? Your I know, libido. No, <laughs> You dropped your libido. Um, you now, where can we get oh, tickets for Pound?
2: Oh, I fixed it. Now, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Where uh,
0: can I'm we get tickets for, for, for Pound? Okay. You can get tickets for Pound uh, by uh, going to
2: uh, uh, www.brava.com dot org and the show is uh Thursday, Friday and Saturdays at eight. And then on Sunday we have a Mimosa Matinee. We have a Mimosa special. We have a little bar in the room.
0: Well that's that's the one I'm gonna definitely go to.
2: Yeah.
0: The yeah, Mimosa I special.
2: I know. We know excited about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah so there's nineteen shows all together and uh oh, five and so then, it's uh, five
0: weeks until November fifteenth.
2: Right. And then uh the show when I did it in Seattle is just so well. They booked me in December, so I'm bringing town to Seattle in December.
0: Also, so. we're going. Oh, great! So we we we'll get it here, and then of course, you know, all the people up in Seattle that are listening. Um, Margaret's coming back there in December, so if you missed the show while she was there earlier, you can definitely check it out back in December. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show, love. As always, you're always a hoot, and I just love being in your presence, and so I'm going to definitely enjoy being at the show, and then I know, again, we'll probably be involved when um, one show that we both enjoyed and were a part of um, earlier in this year with um, Sylvester the Musical, will be back in at Brava, bad. and I'm sure yeah. we'll both be in some way involved, I'm sure, because we're just that kind of people. Well, you know, be
2: the uh Brava, I, I think I, I hooked... Brava up with you mm-hmm. uh and they are they
0: love you. Well I love like, them. I love, love Brava. You're... And you, you know that's in my hood, you know I live in the mission and so you know that's my that's my theater.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were starting uh when we were starting pounds. they were all BB's coming, right? Be-be's coming, and said,
3: yes, baby's coming to say
0: yes, BB's gonna come. <laughs> And she's definitely coming for the mimosas. You know? Yes, <laughs> that was the drawing ticket. The mimosas, no, yeah. oh, yeah. no, mimosas and Marga together. Now that's now that's a drink uh-huh. right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, girl, I'm gonna have to go and let you go. And I know you are okay. at tech rehearsals right now, so this yes. is a good time to, to. You had to have a little breather, and now this is a good time yes. for you to get back to the real important stuff, right? Okay.
3: Well,
2: this. It's
0: all important. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Marga Gomez, and you can catch her in her solo show, her 11th solo play called Pound at Brava Theater coming this October 15th until November 15th, 8 p.m. shows. And then there is a brunch or a mimosa show on Sunday, so you can catch that. You don't, definitely want, don't want to miss out on your mimosas on Sunday, so you can go to Brava for Gar- Marga Gomez. And we'll be right back after this message. Okay, and we're back once again. Boy, that was fun speaking with Marga. I always enjoy. That's you know, if I were going to marry a woman again, I think that would be the woman I would marry. I don't know. I think it would be just a, a fun time. I don't I, now. I don't know how much fun she'd have, but I definitely would have a fun time um, for sure. I wanted to kind of go into a, a, a you know, I was like listening to um, how some people who are definitely not of the gay community and they view television and from their view of that television, they have an, uh, they come to the conclusion, um, based on the television show or program, uh, youth or showing of gay subject matter, how that affects the viewership of that show. And, um, as we all know, over the past 10 years, um, and really specifically over the last five years, many, many, many shows have, you know, gay characters on them and definitely spend some time uh, going over that gay character's life in the show. But there was a, a, a comment uh, uh, alluded to um, by 50 Cent, you know, the rapper, the rapper-producer 50 Cent, who felt that Empire, which is Lee Daniels' um very much discussed LGBT, LGBT inclusive series um, about that hip hop music company. Um, but he says it's been losing viewers because it's spending too much time on gay storylines and gay characters. And he reported, or he said that, you know, it's reported through the Independent. And he didn't directly say those words, but what had happened was, <laughs> but what happened uh, was that he had reposted an Instagram post from uh, a user of Instagram that the user wrote, there are 3 million lesbians who tuned into last night's Empire episode. Um, and the, the user asked, you know, did you watch it? And then goes on to say, we could not take the extra gay stuff or celebrity stuff last night. So he reposted that on his Instagram um, and and just kind of put in his comment that looks like Empire's losing viewers. But um, why would you post that if you didn't somewhat believe that that was something that you thought was actually happening? Now, I do want to say that that post has been removed now, so you're not going to be able to go back and see that if you go to 50 Cent's um, Instagram. But... Um, I'd also like to add, just to give you full disclosure, is that Fifty Cent is the executive producer of another show um, called Power, which is the rival show to Empire. So this may also just be kind of a way to create some controversy of some sort on his part on the show, um, you know, on Empire, so people might take a different look at. It. So you have to kind of take a little, this a little bit with a grain of salt, um, but. He did say before, when it came to Empire, that the show was, you know, some shit that you get for free. That's what he said. So I'm just, I'm just quoting. I'm just quoting. Um, so I don't know about all this, but I just think, always think it's like, why, why it got to be because of gay stuff on the show that people ain't watching the show. Um, and it may, who, what else was going on on that day when that show was on for three million people to go on? And who knows, you know, ice skating could have been. <laughs> Ice <laughs> skating could have been on television, and that's what we were watching. I have no idea, but I just thought it was, I just always liked that, you know. All was a drop in viewership, or there was a drop in um, people coming in the store because they have a gay manager. It's Just like so ridiculous, um, but I thought I'd share that with you all. Um, I also want to take this time to um, give you guys a little opportunity to get. Um, a little DVD out there. Now, this is not gay-oriented per se. However, the film is directed by uh, openly gay uh, director Martin Farina. And the name of the, of the film is Full Boy. And that's F-U-L-B-O-Y. And it's, of course, about football. European football. So we call it soccer here in America. But um, Martin Farina actually um, follows his brother, Tomas, as a professional football player. And Martin kind of goes in behind the scenes with his brother, talks to his brother and teammates um, and definitely gets a, a behind the scenes perspective of the athletes and um, their love of the game. It also, however, um, you know, gazes over some of that male form for some people who might be interested in seeing some very well built athletes, I'm sure. Um, but it's very interesting, and it also has a little small special feature or short film called Tomás because uh, Martin's um, brother's name is Tomás, and that's the one he follows follows in the, the film itself. It is in Spanish with English subtitles. I happen to like foreign films like that. But um, if you're interested in actually um, receiving a copy, I have 10 of them I can actually give away. So the first 10 people. Who send me an email with the with the subject line "Full Boy" F U L B O Y, and, and um, put their their name um, in the subject or in the uh, content area of the email. And um, if you're one of the first ten, I will email you back with um, a question, which is where can I send the actual DVD? So again, you need to send your email to it's everything at bb Dot com And that is for the DVD, Fool Boy, written and directed by Martin Farina. It is a TLA-releasing DVD film. Okay, there you go. And speaking of sports, or speaking a little bit of sports, you guys remember Michael Sam last year on the show here. I spent a lot of time about Michael Sam because he was the first openly gay uh, football player to be drafted to the NFL, and so I spent a lot of time on that because for some reason last year we had a lot of uh, athletes come out as being gay, primarily in Europe, but we did have our share here in America. So he was the first openly gay player, Michael Sam, that is, to be drafted, and he recently um, said in an interview with a sportscaster that he would still be in the NFL if he never came out. And I know we have spent a lot of time in various. Um, conversations uh, talking about, you know, sh- whether or not we put too much pressure on people in, in in high profile positions or in the media all the time or what have you, celebrities about coming out because it sets a great example and so on and so forth. Um, and this is a somebody who claims that coming out may have hurt him um, to. To reach his full potential or to accomplish his dream. Um, now we all know that Sam was uh, Michael Sam was drafted to the Rams during the seventh round of the 2014 NFL Draft, and he never uh, went to uh, a season. He never played in the season uh, before. Way before actually the season started, um, the Rams actually had let him go. However, Dallas Cowboys scooped him up under their practice team but again he never played um during the, the season so he never he's not our first professional football openly gay player he's only our first and only openly gay player to be drafted so he's not playing football anymore because after after leaving um the Dallas Cowboys he went on to play in the Canadian Football League uh for Montreal I think it's called the Alouettes the name of, of the team but he has since even left them and now is um, trying to get his master's degree back at the University of uh, Missouri, which is where he came from in the draft. So, but, you know, it's always interesting. Where that's kind of the, the fear that a lot of athletes have about being openly gay, not only, you know, not only about how teammates may re- react to them, but or the public, but also what are their chances of pursuing their dream in the sports that they love. So this is one that Michael claims that it may have hurt him or he claims it did hurt him um, in uh, doing that. So we'll see. We'll see if, if any future athletes have the same perspective on being openly gay in sports. We're going to take another quick little break. And when I come back, I'm going to close out with a little bit more information on that Pope Francis visit. Be right back.
5: Ted Olson and David Boies came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face to face with today's thought leaders.
0: Hello, hello. Thank you for staying with us. We're back here on It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show here on Progressive Voices. And I always enjoy this 12 to 1 spot. So fun. I should have mimosas here. That's what I, I'm going to try having a mimosa party. That's what I'm going to have a mimosa party with BB. That's a good idea. I'm, I'm going to do that. So be ready next week, you guys. Be ready. Um, now, I know we're all kind of tired. I know I am, and I really apologize beforehand that I'm even going to mention the name Kim Davis, but I'm going to do it because we all know that Pope Francis paid America a visit a couple of weeks ago. And while he was in Washington, D.C., meeting with the president and the first lady and all the other dignitaries that happened to come to see our, our pope or the world's pope, that um, he had a visit with Kim Davis. Yes, Kim Davis. When we thought that possibly the The wind had gone out of her sails, then comes a meeting with the Pope. And during uh, that meeting, apparently, the Pope provided her with more encouragement to continue her fight. Um, He supposedly thanked her for her courage and told her to stay strong in her conviction with her conscientious objection to um, providing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Um, He did say, and I'm speaking of the Pope, Pope Francis did um, speak with ABC News uh, on his flight back to Rome. There was a correspondent on his flight, and he said that um, conscientious, conscientious objection is a right that is a part of every human right. And if a person does not allow others to be a conscientious objector, that he is denying a right. And I thought, mm, okay. So that is what the Pope's take is on Kim Davis's right to not provide marriage licenses. The same-sex couple. so that just gave her all the ammunition she needed to continue with um, her dissension on the law, because that's what it is. It's the law, you know. And I guess what what is that? Um, um, Oedipus's um, daughter. What was her name? Uh, Antigone, right? Is it isn't that Oedipus's daughter, Antigone? That um, what defied. Man's law at the time of her brother's death, who was considered to be um, a traitor. And I guess during that time, man's law, if you were a traitor, you did not get a proper quote unquote burial. And Antigone went against that and fought to provide an appropriate burial for her brother. And some people are kind of comparing um, Kim Davis's fight, or you know, against mankind's law, to that story. Now, the story for Antigone did not end extremely well, and so maybe that could be a parallel as well for Miss Kim Davis. But, um, um, but I, I just—it's I, a whole—I don't know. Antigone's dissension of man's law did not actually. Hurt any other individuals, meaning because she provided a wanted to to provide a burial for her brother, that she was then again um, hurting the rights of anybody else. Um, this right here does do that. Um, Kim Davis is now hurting and going against the rights of somebody else. So um, it's a little bit different, I think, when people are kind of using that um, analogy. With Antigone, but um, I just thought it was kind of interesting to, to bring up about the Pope who was coming here, and and you know we we've kind of thought before that there you know because the Pope has order, had ordered the the survey of, um, of the Catholic parishioners to come up with um, some guidelines about uh, for the Catholic Church to move in it maybe a, a more a more open direction in many different areas, including birth control and so on and so forth, but also in particular about um, gay parishioners uh, with the church. And so I think many people in the gay community thought that this would be a very, um, um, a pope that would be a little bit kinder to the idea of, um, same-sex marriages or same-sex unions in particular. I won't say marriages, but I'll say same-sex unions. Um, and, and, but maybe that, maybe that isn't true. Even though, I'll have to say, the Pope did meet with a gay couple while he was here, um, a couple that he was familiar with. Uh, one gentleman happened to be one of his pupils, one of his students, and um, that student claims that this whole meeting with Kim Davis was a setup, that was something that was kind of propped up by the Vatican is what he is alluding to. He would not say, he claimed that he thinks he knows who was behind this, um, that the Pope was extremely surprised when he was informed that he was going to be meeting with Kim Davis, um, but that this might have been some type of hidden Vatican agenda to um, maybe lessen, the excitement that we've all had about some of the the Pope's views, um, which alluded to a broader view of the Catholic Church on, or better and broader view of the Catholic Church on um, homosexuality, gay community, and also so on and so forth. So I don't know, but I just um, think it may be something for us to kind of look. Maybe we should not jump to conclusions about what the Pope is thinking in regards to um, uh, the gay community or the gay agenda or gays in general just based on him meeting with Kim Davis. But, again, he did mention about the she does have a right to be a conscientious objector. That's a right of everyone to do that. Um, But I guess that doesn't speak to whether or not she has the right to break the law, right? Maybe it doesn't speak to that. Um, But I just thought I'd mention that. And I will never, ever bring up Kim Davis's name on its everything from this point forward. I promise. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. Watch me say it next week. Watch. Um, <laughs> I'm done. I'm over it. And, um, but I just wanted to, I want to, hi Fong. How are you? I, you guys don't know. That's, that's my producer that's on the other end of this microphone. Um, and i just wanted to i'd give you a shout out cuz i haven't done that before so I'll give you a shout out to shellie is so helpful to me now next week i'm 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 going to tell you that i'm i'm working toward doing uh, we're going to do probably an um, Um, a listening party uh, to a new artist, or not a new artist, but an artist out there for his new album. And a little listen party with a a little bit of interview for you. Um, So be prepared for that. I'm not going to tell you for sure who the person is because we're still kind of in the little negotiation area there. But hopefully that will happen. So you might be actually listening to some music as well as listening to some conversation from an openly gay artist about his his new album that just recently um was released a couple weeks ago. So, but I'm gonna leave you with that note. I'm um, hopefully that you will send me an email for the Full Boy, F-U-L-B-O-Y, DVD that we're giving away from T L A releasing. And um, all you have to do is send me an email to it's everything at BBsweetbriar.com and put in the subject line Full Boy. And then, of course, put your name inside the body of the email. And I will email if you're one of the top first ten to do that and ask for your instructions to send it to you. But until next week, I will say goodbye and thank you for tuning in.